Round one. Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Arcade. I am your host of the most that doesn't like to boast. I am Art Reese. And the Arcade is where we're going to go over different video games. And we're going to discuss the year they came out. Just to give you kind of an idea of what the world was like when that game came out. Last episode we did was Shaq Fu glorious game that it was and this one i actually decided to do one of the first games i got on the playstation one basically the first game uh twisted metal which led to a different um area of video games for me to get to play into but let's go over that what have i been up to well as far as video games go i like to get platinum trophies and i know some people might think that's kind of stupid but for me it feels good to 100% a game completely and do everything you possibly can to be done with that game. Um, I've been doing it for quite a while and I have a really bad habit of just like starting over and over and over and over again. So I'm trying to work on that. Um, But right now I currently have eight Platinums and I'm going to go over them real quick just so kind of keep myself um, informed and just kind of keep this as a little process thing on the show. So right now, I have the Platinum for the first God of War, the one that was on the PS2, which is my favorite game of all time. That's why I did it first, just because that's my favorite. The next one is God of War, the one that came on the PS4. Also really good, um, if you haven't played it. And also, I did that one on the Give Me God of War difficulty, which is the hardest difficulty. And once you get further in, it's not that bad. I'd say the hardest part is really just like the Valkyrie fights which are like optional uh, boss fights you have to do, as well as the Valkyrie Queen, which is the hardest of like everything mixed in together. Then Control. If you never played Control, it's a really good third-person shooter, and it has like a big X-Files, um, I guess an X-Files vibe would probably be the best, easiest way if you're not into that kind of stuff, conspiracy theories and just like the, the supernatural kind of stuff, but it's through the Vise of like a government agency so that's why uh, compared to the x-files although if everything in the x-files was real then spider-man the one for ps4 um it's a fantastic game i'm sure everybody's paid it by this point but i did that and all the dlc it's just fun to play as spider-man it's it's cool to swing through the city and stop random crimes or just swing through the city and just that's got to be pretty relaxing i would imagine definitely stretch you out The fifth one I did was Ghostbusters, um, the remake of the PS3 game, which I was gonna, I tried to do back in the day, but the multiplayer trophies were wrecked, and this one doesn't have the multiplayer trophies, so it was cool just to get through and play Ghostbusters again. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan, I'm actually looking right now in my nerd area of the New York Ecto-1A license plate I have on the wall. And I have a replica proton pack, um, just a gun piece. It's one of my, I'd say it's in my top five, my favorite movies all time, especially with what impact it had when I was a kid. Then I got my PS5, and what I did is I did Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's it's really good. I think if I didn't play this Spider-Man PS4 one, um, it would probably be my favorite Spider-Man game. But because that game exists, and I know the villains better... And the other one, and the gameplay just feels a little tighter and just more diverse because you have more gadgets to use. You have um, just more stuff to do. 
I would say the first Spider-Man is better, but still a really good solid game. Um, yeah, not too difficult either. Then I wanted to get something. I tried on this list basically to break it up into stuff I've done before, stuff I haven't done before, um, and I've done the next one a couple times. Wolfenstein, The New Order, so you just get to kill a bunch of uh, Nazis, and I've done that one previously, and this one's difficult because you have to do on the Uber difficulty, which is you get killed really quickly, and there's a mode where you can actually beat the game first and then go back through with, like, uh, 999 health that slowly drops down. I don't like to do it that way. I just like to beat the game on the hardest difficulty, which that's kind of how I do stuff, and... Don't get me wrong, I'm not like king video games that can beat everything because there's certain genres I don't touch. But at the same time, if I'm playing a game, I want to play it on the hardest difficulty just because that feels like it's a test. That makes it so you have to think. You have to really get in there and figure stuff out. Like with uh, the God of War and Gimme God of War, you can play it on easy and normal and hard and all that kind of stuff. But if you have to do like in a, a Bloodborne or Dark Souls game where you're going to die in like one hit, maybe two, maybe two, you have to think more on your feet. You have to think more of, okay, I have to hit this attack. That's going to stun them and then keep it going. Whereas when I played it on easy, you pretty much just blow through people and it, it just loses some of the, the challenge to me. And then the last one I did is actually a genre I wasn't really big in when I was a kid. Um, Gr uh, it's Grim Fandango, or Grim Fandango, I just like saying it the other way. Grim Fandango is a point, not a point-and-click adventure game, but an adventure game. You have to take this item, and this item does this, and this will unlock this, and then that unlocks that. And I never really got into it, but I just, I love the Grim Fandango game. I think it's funny, it's just weird, It's it's got a lot going on. Um, if you haven't gotten a chance to play it, super cheap. I have eight Platinums. I'm going to take a little bit of a break until the end of the month when uh, Returnal comes out. Returnal actually looks really good. I would definitely recommend it. It's by the same people that made Resogun. And I wasn't big into those bullet hell games, but that there's something about that one that really got me grabbed into it. And, like, it's a third-person one on an alien planet, and you're just dodging projectiles, and you're... You're d running around and shooting stuff. It, uh, it's worth a shot. It looks fantastic. So today, we are here first to talk about the year 1995, which is when Twisted Metal came out, and then we're going to discuss the game itself. So the first thing about 1995, I was 11. That sounds right, if I do my math right. First thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about sports, then some movies, then TV, some little nitpicks, and then we're going to end with video games, which is the subject of our show. So the first thing in sports is the San Francisco 49ers beat the San Diego Chargers to win the Super Bowl. The Atlanta Braves beat the Cleveland Indians in the World Series. The New Jersey Devils beat the Red Wings. The Houston Rockets beat the Orlando Magic, including the subject of the first episode, Shaquille O'Neal. I remember that, and I was a big... I'm sure I went over this last episode. I was a big Shaq fan. Like, of course, everybody likes Jordan, but I just like Shaq because he has that personality, and he's huge. He's 7'1", 7'2", something like that. And I, I'm not a huge sports guy. I'm not going to say that I am, but I watch it and can enjoy it. But when I watched Shaq play, he just dominated because he was so much bigger than everybody else. And he, the way he would dunk and break backwards and everything. But he lost the... Uh, NBA championship this year 
I'm wondering that maybe he should have used more Shaq Fu. I think that probably would have helped him in the long run. The movies of 1995. So, Casino came out, which, if you haven't seen Casino, it's basically Goodfellas in Las Vegas. It's just you don't have Ray Liotta. It follows Robert De Niro, which is a plus in some ways, and it's a negative in other ways. Um, I prefer scenes, some scenes of Casino, like as far as Joe Pesci's role in Casino, I think is better than his in Goodfellas. But in as an overall movie, I would definitely say Goodfellas is better. And then we have Batman Forever, which even as a kid, I knew it was definitely a step down from Batman 89 and Returns. It doesn't help that I hate Robin. And all the villains kind of felt like it was just the Joker. Like, the, I really think Jim Carrey should have just been recast as the Joker. It would have been okay. And Two-Face, who has never really been known for being, like, super manic and, like, everywhere. That's what he was in this movie. And it just kind of felt weird. Um, Mortal Kombat also came out in 1995. The new one's coming out soon, which I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch. I don't think it's going to have the same oomph as the first time I watched, like, Sub-Zero freeze somebody. Or the first time Scorpion um, hit somebody with a spear. Or that Goro puppet, which I actually thought looked really cool, all things considered. Even though CGI wasn't great. It was still really cool to see everything come to life on the screen and still keep the same story. Which I think is what a lot of video game movies try and do is change the story or adapt it to a movie. And it's like, this movie, this was made for a movie. It's just a fighting tournament on, a, on an island. There's nothing else you have to change. Um, then we had the super double movie bomb combo of Cutthroat Island and Waterworld. If you haven't seen either of those movies, I wouldn't advise doing it because they're both pretty garbage, honestly. Then we had Apollo 13, which is a great movie. That's enough said about it. It's just a great movie. If you haven't gotten a chance to see it, see it. I'm a big space nerd and history nerd and stuff like that and yes i know that it's not exactly history or anything but those kind of dramatization movies get people interested in the subject material and then they're going to be able to find out more about it than they would have by not watching the movie so i'm kind of okay with it it's kind of the same thing as like um what was that movie um the oliver stone movie jfk none of that movie i think is real but it still gets you involved to go huh let me go look into this and, and do some research and find out for myself. And I think that's what the strength of those movies are, is because then you actually get invested in the story. The last movie we're going to talk about is Friday. If you haven't seen Friday, definitely see Friday. It's another great movie. It even stars Debo, or as I knew him and still know him, is Zeus, the human wrecking machine. Because I saw No Holds Barred first, um, where he fought Hulk Hogan. And the Battle of the Tough Guys TV tournament and that movie. That movie is terrible. But I, it's weird how, if you know Tiny Lister, it's basically where do you know him from? And are you, do you know him from uh, Debo from Friday? Do you know him as Zeus from uh, the WWF and No Holds Barred? Or do you know him as the guy from The Dark Knight, which I re recognized him immediately, but it still took people a while because he wasn't acting the way that he acts. But it's just interesting if you're like, oh, Tiny Lister, where do you know him from? And the response kind of gives you an idea of where, what they're kind of into and stuff like that. On TV, basically, the staples of the 90s uh, were ER, Friends, and Seinfeld. 
I didn't watch Friends or Seinfeld until much later, and I've never watched ER. Uh, medical dramas don't do anything for me. I just They just don't grab me. It's whatever. It's just the way it is. I don't like hospitals. Um, but Friends is okay. It's not my favorite show. I'll, I'll watch it if it's on. I think I've watched every episode at least three times because it was on at work when I worked a retail store. Uh, Seinfeld is good. They're not my favorite shows, but I mean, I, I'll watch them. Now, let's go through a couple quick things. Now, as far as if you're driving around in your most popular car of 1995, which is the Ford F-Series pickup, I'm sure that still kind of is the most popular, uh, you need to stop for gas. Gas was $1.15 a gallon, which I don't, it's difficult because like 1995 is what, it's 2021, so it's 26 years ago. It feels like that's not a lot higher with inflation because i'm sure with inflation it's closer to like two dollars and change it's not that much of a fluctuation it feels like in your car if you're listening to the most popular song of 1995 you're going to be listening to this is how we do it by montel jordan great song some news of 1995 these are all pretty depressing O.J. Simpson trial begins and ends with not guilty after a 10-month trial. I watched that in school, and they let us bring lunch back to the classroom so they could wheel one of those TVs in. Which, by the way, kids, I don't know what class is like anymore, but I could tell you that there was no greater feeling than going into a classroom situation and watching the teacher push in that TV, or if they had, like, a a ceiling-mounted TV, and... Today was like, hey, today uh, we're going to watch Bill Nye the Science Guy. you got to take notes. And notes on Bill Nye the Science Guy are air is, uh, or uh, wind is moving air. Or, you know what I mean? Like, one, an easy day. And that was, that made your day. Because when I was a kid, there were six periods. But if one of them was just a blow off, like, whatever day, then I think it made the whole day better. But, back to the original story with O.J. Simpson, you know. The juice. I don't remember any other trial. I don't remember any other situation in my life where a trial like that grabbed everyone's attention and grabbed it in a way where you stopped. Everybody stopped what they were doing. I was in. I'm in Florida, and we stopped school more or less and got our lunches back to the room and watched them reading the results of a trial it just felt weird and still does that like that that case took over everything in life for that brief period and then we had uh the other super depressing thing in 1995 we had the uh oklahoma city bombing which is very very sad and i really hope we never have anything like that Again, with the political climate the way it is, but we're here to talk about video games. So let's talk about video games. Now, let's lighten up and talk about the video games released in 1995. Obviously, we had Twisted Metal, which we'll get to soon. We also had Warhawk, which is, I'll tell that story in a minute, but that's the other one I got with my PS1. We had Nintendo Classic, Yoshi Island. Never really played it, honestly. I think by 95, I I slid out of Nintendo Land for good. Um, When I was a kid, the first system I ever had was an Atari 2600. 
Um, my dad was a, a garbage man, and he actually, somebody in a box, I'm pointing that out, it was on top of the garbage, and he brought it home, it worked, and the first game I ever played was Pitfall for the 2600. I actually have um, my text tone on my phone, the Pitfall, like, jump sound, just because I recognize that jump and that swinging and, like, all that kind of stuff. I just know it. I know that's, nobody else is going to have that as their tone, so I know it's my phone. After that, we got an NES, and I was a Nintendo kid for a long time. We got a Sega Genesis at some point, but never played it as far as, like, yeah, we played Sonic, and I think we played, like, wrestling games on it and stuff, but I never really got into Sega. Just because I don't think there was a lot grabbing from Sega. I've never been a big RPG guy. I've never been a um, sports guy, as I said earlier. So, like, if games are better on Sega, they don't have Mega Man, or at least a real Mega Man game. They don't have Mario. They don't have uh, Star Fox. So, th I was a Super Nintendo after that. Then, when we got to this, I remember we traded in our Super Nintendo to Toys R Us. They took everything. I'm sure they resold it later, or whatever they did with it. And basically, we had an entire box of games Mega Man X and Turtles in Time and Zombies Ate My Neighbors and all this stuff and the promotion basically was the system came with Mario and it came and we got GoldenEye yeah Mario and GoldenEye are great but at the same time I think losing out on all those great Super Nintendo games was a net loss we should have just waited and bought it and then had both I have a bad habit of when a new system comes out, I'm just, okay, and just move on. Because, like, I have a shelf of older video games and stuff, but it's it's collectible stuff to me. Where I'm like, oh, okay, either I've never played it, and that looks like a cool novelty. Because, like, I have a CDI game over there, and I have a Intellivision game, complete in box. And then I've got the subject of today's uh, show, Twisted Metal, I've got that over there as well. But, like, when a new system comes out, I kind of abandon it and move on. I'm the Like, when I got a PS5, I don't care about the PS4 anymore. It's That's just it. I don't care. Just because if it could play all the games, I don't need to keep my system anymore, which I've never been good about. I'll have to work on that. But never played Yoshi's Island, to get back to my point. Uh, Mortal Kombat 3. I don't want to say that's my least favorite Mortal Kombat when Mortal Kombat 4 exists and those PS2 ones, which really weren't good. But 3 is when I felt like they were overdoing it as far as, like, I think it was every year we're getting a new game, or it felt like, and it didn't change that much. And then the, the combat style, pun intended, of 3 didn't really feel like it fit with the rest of the earlier two games. It was much faster, which that's cool. Um, it just didn't have the same flow, honestly. We also had Destruction Derby, which for the PS1 was definitely another game that I really jumped into because I, I like driving cars and smashing them into things in video game form. If you add rockets to it, like today's uh, game, then we're going to be doing pretty good. Rayman. Never really played a lot of Rayman just because... I think I've told this on the story before. I think in the Shaq Fu episode, we didn't have a lot of money. So I got basically two games a year and it would be more if we were lucky i got one for my birthday and i got one for christmas now the problem is is that the one for birthday my birthday is on december 18th i have i get two games and they both are about a week apart so i have to i had to kind of plan this stuff out and honestly 
Crash Bandicoot was my was my my jam on the PS One. And I started with Twisted Metal and Warhawk, so if I were to get a game, I had to be very selective about it. So when a Crash game came out, I got a Crash game. And I would take a chance on something and get burned, um, or I would rent something and go, okay, this is definitely what I want to get, and then play further in and realize it's not good and get burned. So I had to be very selective. So I, th- I know I rented Rayman at some point, but it was not something I would have bought. We also had Comic Zone for the Genesis, which, oh, that game is hard, and it's needlessly hard, considering how it's a short game, it just makes it super, super hard. Definitely worth looking into if you have a uh, Sega Genesis, but I I rented it, and I played it a couple times on collections, and every time I do, I get frustrated and give up, just because it's needlessly difficult for what it is. And then the last game I'm going to spotlight on this is Thunder in Paradise, which we mentioned Hulk Hogan earlier while talking about Zeus, the uh, human wrecking machine. Hulk Hogan did a really bad TV show in 1995 where he was like Knight Rider with a boat, and this was the FMV game for it. And I wish I had a copy of it just because it's so stupid, and I'm trying to collect... Now I'm not trying to collect like super expensive stuff or I used to want to buy like a CDI or buy like a 3DO or something that was expensive back in the day that I just couldn't afford. But I really want to get stuff like that that's complete in box and just put it on my shelf and just look at it. Like I have my copy of Shaq Fu complete in box and it makes me happy to look at it just because like, oh, the game is so, it's such a novelty and just that kind of FMV game based on that, or I know there's one on, like, the Power Rangers, on, like, Sega CD, stuff like that is just such a novelty, I think it would be really interesting to have. Well, so that is the year in 1995, and me rambling for quite a bit. So, then we're going to get into, next will be into the game itself, which is Twisted Metal. I'll see you guys on the other side, and we'll talk about Twisted Metal. Round two. And let's talk about some Twisted Metal. So Twisted Metal actually came out on November 5th, 1995. It feels so long ago. Um, Came out for the PS1, which actually debuted a couple months earlier. So I'm definitely counting this as a launch title for the PS1. I have the long box version on my shelf, which PlayStation 1 had a couple different versions of games. Uh, later on, they had like the normal CD case ones, like for PC games or just buying a CD. And they also had long boxes. The long boxes came in a couple different versions. They had a cardboard version, um, which that's usually what I ended up getting, just because I think the cardboard ones actually hold up a little bit better. Because they had big jewel cases, the big plastic cases, and those have a hard time surviving because there's always cracks, there's always other issues with it, and you can't just get another case. So if I'm stuck with a case with some cosmetic damage, I'd rather take the cardboard one, which is what I have as far as Twisted Metal and Warhawk is concerned. They are not the same copies I had when I was a kid, but I have found decent priced ones, um, complete inbox, that are not that bad. I need a new manual for the Twisted Metal one, though. Like, the staple came out of one of them before I got it, and I got that at a comic convention, and honestly, I was more ex- I paid 25 bucks for it, which I'm never getting rid of it, because I just enjoy having it on my shelf, and the odds of me finding one in good shape like that, hell, that could have been mine, but... You know, I like the long boxes. So, how I got the game, which is going to be how I'm going to do that every game we talk about if I own a copy of it. 
because last week, uh, or excuse me, last episode I was explaining with Shaq Fu, I never had a copy of it. I just rented it until I got it super cheap, um, way after the fact, and complete in box, which is also on my shelf. With Twisted Metal, we were playing Super Nintendo at that point, because we were not expecting to get a PlayStation 1. Um, my brother had called off sick from school that day, and I had gone to school and was unaware of any of this until I got home. And he and my grandfather had gone to Circuit City, remember them, and to get a game, to get a play, uh, to get a Super Nintendo game. It was like RBI Baseball or something like that, whatever. My brother was playing a PS1 on uh, one of the demo machines. And my grandpa was watching it and realizing that what we were playing on, like, Super Nintendo... He never said this, I just am guessing. What we were playing on Super Nintendo compared to this high 3D, super graphic stuff um, was probably better. So when the the clerk came back with the game for this SNES, he asked my brother, Hey, do you want that? So he got it. You have to understand, I know I just said all this stuff about being poor and everything. We are not the poorest people. Sometimes we got, he would treat us and stuff like this, and he bought us a PlayStation. And my brother got two games. And, you know, he loads stuff up on a credit card and paid off later. It's not a big deal. And he got the PlayStation 1, and he got, I think it was like NBA Live, and he got a baseball game. So he got two games. I came home, and I'm like, hey... I can't play. I'm not going to play these. Like, come on. And so we went back out to, Super, uh, to uh, Circuit City. And I got to pick two games. And the games I was looking at were basically the two that I ended up getting. Twisted Metal. Because I'm like, oh, this is cool. You drive around and you blow up stuff with with missiles. And you shoot stuff. And, oh, there's a there's a ice cream truck with his head on fire on the, on the cover. It definitely stands out. And Warhawk, which it turns out is like a FMV... Um, flight game, definitely not the same kind of game, but it, it definitely pulled me in by looking at the box and going, as a kid, I said it was 11, um, that's cool when you're 11, and I think I would, if either of those were on the shelf today, I'd probably still get them, but video game tastes have changed, I think, I think you need more than just that kind of gimmick to, to make it work for 60 bucks or 70 bucks now with PS5, but yeah, those are the two I grabbed, um, one cool thing I realized later, uh, much later, the guy who produced this game, his name is David Jaffe. He's the producer of this game, and he also created uh, God of War on the PS2, which is my favorite game of all time. He created this, which is in my top, definitely in my top five, Twisted Metal. It hasn't aged great, but we'll get into that. But is in my top five, and my favorite game of all time. I think he's making games specifically for me, perhaps. That's what I'm coming up with. So to start talking about the game, let's talk about the... I'm going to read uh, the story and a little bit of backstory. So the game takes place on the streets of Los Angeles on Christmas Eve 2005. Lull, because that's 16 years ago. Uh, the contest featured in the game is the 10th annual running of Twisted Metal. So the first level of the game, the arena, is an underground arena. There's fans and everything in the crowd. The second level, uh, Warehouse District Warfare, takes place in the Warehouse District of Los Angeles. The third level is the freeway level of the freeway of L.A. The fourth level, uh, River Park Rumble, is supposed to be Beverly Hills. The fifth, of the fifth and largest of the sixth level, Suburbia, is in the suburbs of L.A. 
which is really cool just to drive around and like the houses are indestructible if i remember correctly so like you're just running around trying not to smash into stuff um it's definitely something to to do to just like the freeway going like 130 in a cop car or in a uh uh, taxi cab or an ice cream truck or a uh, what is it semi truck and just going that fast around those corners it was really cool in 1995 uh, some people complain about the graphics and I'm like considering what the machine can do it's a launch title I'm not I didn't really get too concerned about it the final level is rooftop combat which takes place on the skyscrapers of LA um, after defeating all the opponents, which I'll go more into that in a moment, you have to fight Minion, which Minion has all the special attacks, which I'm going to list out later. He has everything. He's oh, he's pretty hard for a boss fight, unless you can glitch him to fall off the roof, and then you're all right. And then once he's defeated, you win the game. So the story is, is that once a year, the legendary Calypso, a man who dwells beneath the streets of Los Angeles, he holds the Twisted Metal competition. The contest takes place all around the Los Angeles area and calls upon drivers in various different vehicles to battle to the death. The contestants are selected and contacted by Calypso via an email message that simply reads, Will you drive? in red letters. Remember when email was like a crazy thing? The one driver still alive at the end of the night is granted a single wish with no limits of price, size, and or, according to some, even reality. They would expand it in later games where Calypso was like a wizard or he had a magic ring or he had all this kind of stuff, which I think the best um, best stuff is like this game and I think the second game where it's basically a monkey's paw kind of thing where, oh, okay, you ask for X, you get this, or you ask for this and you get that. And it's always something stupid. Like my favorite one back in the day which we'll go over the cars. My favorite one back in the day is the Outlaw, which is basically uh, the cop car, because I thought the special attack was good because it's like a homing like taser, which we'll go more over. And his ending is basically, he wants to live in a world with no Calypso and he launches him into space. <laughs> That's just, he's just hanging out in space now. And that just made me go, uh-huh, That's that just made me laugh a little bit because he he gave him what he wanted. Uh, the different cars you have, you have Sweet Tooth, which is the like um, franchise mascot. By this point, he's the he's the franchise. Uh, Sweet Tooth is a ice cream truck, and whenever you throw his special weapon, which we'll go into, Sweet Tooth special weapon, you hear him like laugh, and he's a clown with his head on fire. And you also had Yellow Jacket, which Yellow Jacket is a taxi cab. You had Dark Side, which is a semi-truck. You had Outlaw, which is the cop. You had Thumper, which is like the gangbanger lowrider. You had Crimson Fury, which is like a Ferrari, like secret agent kind of thing. You had Pit Viper, which is like a uh, ATV uh, desert racer kind of buggy car thing. You had Warthog, which was a, uh, what were those, it was a Hummer. You had Mr. Grimm, which was a motorcycle. You had Spectre, which is another sports car, kind of spy looking thing. You had Hammerhead, which was the Bigfoot monster truck. And then you had Roadkill, who was just kind of like an amalgamation, like junk car kind of thing. Uh, gameplay is basically a no-holds-barred destruction derby with guns and missiles. I mentioned destruction derby earlier, and I had played a demo of that before we had gotten, um, or had seen something about it. I remember there's some car, I was, some game I was driving around, 
And I remember doing that, doing that, and then this was even more. You can still smash your car into other cars, which hurts you and hurts them. Um, with you starting facing just one opponent, and then it grows from there. So basically, as you get further in the levels, there's more people driving around. They're all trying to kill you. This is not a, a like, whoever wins scenario. It's you have to kill three guys, five guys, etc. Health is limited. Ammo is limited. And you can be outnumbered at any time, as I said. So basically, the first level is just you. Um, everything's in front of you. You have time. Everything's You take your time because it's just one guy. So you could stay away from him. But after a while, it's like there's five guys on the freeway. And sometimes you give me a situation where you're attacking one guy. Someone comes up from behind or he comes up towards you. And then you're in a different situation. Do you run... You run away because you have enough time and you have enough speed. If you're fast enough, you can definitely get away. But then you got two guys coming after you at the same time and you can get taken apart pretty quick. And since you can get taken apart pretty quick, I did find it pretty difficult when I was a kid. I had a lot of fun playing it. I was able to eventually beat it. um, But if I booted it up today, which I haven't done it in a little bit, so maybe I'll do that. This is all from memory because I'm trying to... On this show i'm trying to pull from my memories more than me booting it up in 2021 and really getting into it if i boot it up today it would definitely take a minute but yeah it would definitely take a minute um just because there is a learning curve with all the different weapons and where to go what to do and all that kind of stuff now we talked about the the cars a moment ago so I'm going to go over the special moves because every special move is different. Everyone hits a different. It's cool because not it's not a completely even playing field as far as certain cars are faster. Certain cars um, have more defense. Certain cars' special weapons are overpowered, but you're, you get hit twice and you're dead. At least that's how it felt like. Sweet Tooth had the napalm cone, which is a scorching scoop of flaming ice cream. It comes in vanilla or chocolate. That's good to know. Yes, I am just reading these basically from a website I found, which I think these are in the manual explaining what the different uh, attacks are. But I do like how they they added a little bit of oomph, so it's not just saying that, it's not just saying like Warthog is XQJ thirty seven, which has launched three missiles at a time with this top secret military attack. I like how it's not just three missiles launch. <laughs> it's like they gave it a name. They did all this kind of stuff. Or with Outlaw, which had the which is the cop, had the omnidirectional volts of high-energy taser. That's cool. Then you had Dark Side, which had a death blast. A white-hot laser beam forged in the fires of hell. Dark Side, the semi-truck I mostly remember, just same with Hammerhead, is basically I would just try to use freeze missiles and just slam into them over and over again. Because I don't remember his special attack doing a whole lot. I could be wrong. I just don't remember it having a lot of oomph. Uh, Hammerhead, he had the Crusher, which is, Hammerhead is the, um, uh, monster truck. Crush your opponents under your massive tires with this attack. Note, Hammerhead's special move occurs automatically if you're within crush range of an enemy, and if you have enough special weapon energy units left, you do not have to hit the weapon to execute the attack, which... That was the one positive, is that if you were close enough for it to hit, which means you have to be pretty much up on, on top of them, if you were close enough for it to hit, it just would. You wouldn't have to think about it. You're just good to go. 
Yellow Jacket, who is a taxi cab, had a Molotov cocktail. Bottles of the good stuff set ablaze. Toss them at enemies and watch them burn. Which is pretty close to the napalm cone that Sweet Tooth had, because the drivers of um, Yellow Jacket and Sweet Tooth are related. So that was always a... Huh, okay. Roadkill, the junk car, had a steel dagger, which is a giant steel rod that could slice your opponent in two. It, he just shot out like a giant spear. That was pretty much it. Spectre had a phantom burst, and what it was was an amazing ghostly weapon that will fly through walls and under the ground in order to reach your enemy. It's like a super homing missile, and it was pretty cool because it literally would be through walls or it would shoot underground and then come up and hit you and stuff and it was a pain in the ass if you were the other guy but if you were driving him it was pretty cool because then you could just run and shoot turn around run shoot and then it would just shoot back at him it was pretty nice mr grim which is the motorcycle and it turns out mr grim is actually the grim reaper i know it's hard to figure out um he had the death spawn which i believe is the which is the strongest weapon um, this weapon fires screaming souls of the restless dead, the most powerful attack in the game. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Grimm is also the weakest, which basically means if you got tagged enough, you're just going to blow up. And probably like half st uh, strength in like Darkseid or Hammerhead. You also had Crimson Fury, which had the Crimson Blade, a metal slicing laser beam. Line up your shots with this. It's hard to use, but well worth it if you get a direct hit. Also a very powerful weapon. Um... Some of these, it doesn't feel like they're worth it because <laughs> you have to be facing directly on and then you have to, it has to hit. They can't move out of the way. That's why I think my favorite attacks in the game were pretty much like, um, were Outlaw who had the laser, which would automatically like track. It would just go over the top of the siren and if an enemy was behind you or to the side or in front of you or whatever, it would hit and, ta and stick to them so you didn't really have to do too much i found that one's the best specter was another one where you just shoot it and then it just takes care of itself pit viper had to sizzle i don't know if, uh, she had the fajitas apparently no uh your enemies will break out with the antacid when they get covered with this sizzling glob of metal eating slime it didn't really have any kind of effect like that it just shot a goop and then it would hit and then damage I do like that they're trying to make it something. And then Thumper, which is the lowrider, had Scorcher, a flamethrower like no other. Get in close and toast your opponent. It was just a flamethrower. It was still it looked pretty cool, again, for 1995. So, one thing to mention is that I think this is one of the first uh, PS1 games that didn't really have any, like, live-action FMV stuff. The endings were... Um, usually like text box and then you have a little bit of animation like outlaw in space floating around and stuff like that but it wasn't like an FMV game I found out originally that they were supposed to have FMV endings back when the game wasn't called Twisted Metal it was actually called High Octane I don't know which one I like better because I think High Octane would have been uh, a cool name too like if a game came out called that and it was Twisted Metal I wouldn't think anything of it um just like Twisted Metal. I think Twisted Metal sticks in your head because that's just what the game is called. But they had a guy dressed as Calypso and they were doing acting, like 95, 1995 FMV acting. So you kind of get, you know what you're getting. They're on YouTube. Definitely, definitely worth a shot if you get a chance to see those. Um, I'm kind of glad they went the animation route because uh, full motion video does not hold up 
it didn't hold up then. It was it was such a weird novelty. It was overacting, and it was it was terrible. Like for instance, if you go back and watch um, the Resident Evil opening, the original one or the director's cut, and it's those actors, and they're 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 trying. I gotta give it to them. And then go watch the the GameCube version of the same opening, and it just looks so much better um, in that medium of video games because a low budget. I don't say low budget, but like a B movie movie, you can do only so much because of the actors and what you have to work with. Whereas with a video game, you could do anything. And same thing with like animation, you could do anything. It's just how long it takes to animate it. But rant for that over. Now I'm trying to give these scores on the games at the time and basically what I think of them after this long of thinking over them. So first things first, I have to say is that the game does not really hold up, and I don't, I don't expect it to. It's going to be one of those gems I have in my collection that I'm going to go back and play in another probably fifteen years on top of this, and go, oh, that was fun, and then and then play it and then move on. But I think out of five, which is what I'm going to do the ratings on, um, out of five, I get a three point five. It hasn't held up, as I said, but it blew my mind back in the day. As I said, like getting to drive around 130 miles an hour and throwing uh, Molotov cocktails and stuff. And definitely a good experience. The sequels got better, but I don't think they didn't grab me as much as the the first one did. Um, It exposes the difficulty if you go back and play it. Just because of how the the concept, you just get beat up. (laughs) It's just five on one. And... You can tag him. You can take him out, but it's still just a lot of work to get to kill one guy, and then you have so many more, and they're all coming for you. Um, this was the first of its kind that I'm aware of, and as I said, the sequels would definitely improve. There was one point where Rob Zombie's in one of them, and you can create your own car with a limited maker, which is usually what I did if I had the option. And but none of them were. I don't think the sequels are as good. Black, Twisted Metal Black for the PS2, I think is great. I still like the first one better because it has that, that little bit of 90s nostalgia in it for me. So that is Twisted Metal. I hope everybody enjoyed the look back at the year and the look back at the game. Now, what I'm going to say is that next episode, uh, let's go way back. Because, of course, we can go forward, but let's go way back. We did 1994. We did 1995. Let's do one from before I was born. And we're going to look at Donkey Kong, the arcade game, because that is definitely a classic, and I'm sure I can find out a lot of information, and we can go over basically everything as far as that's concerned. Thank you for listening to the arcade. I hope you have a wonderful day, a great night, and a wonderful afternoon. Finish him!